0: Welcome everybody to the Sales and Marketing Build Freedom Show. I have a very special guest today. I have James Entra. He is changing the way the enterprise world thinks about its most undervalued asset, which is called the presentation. As CEO and co-founder of Shuffler, James is blazing a trail in the emerging new discipline of presentation management, which I love and I could easily geek out about. The technology (laughs) he helped create is already powering the presentation strategy of hundreds of fortune-level companies helping them save millions of dollars by transforming humble powerpoint slides into invaluable business assets. James, welcome to the show, man. Happy to have you on. Thank you for having me here. That's a great introduction. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. I uh, and and for those of you that aren't watching this on video, James has got some pretty sweet slides behind. He's got like the the ABC, he's got the NFL, he's got South Park. All all presentation decks that he helped map out in his former life, which kind of led to where he's at right now. But I don't want to steal your thunder, James. Can you walk <laughs> people through your superhero origin story and kind of how you got to this point super- and what you see the opportunity is?
1: <laughs> the super hu- human origin story is, gosh, in the 90s I was doing CD-ROM technology, which is slide libraries with video and stuff like that. And uh, the web boomed, I became, a CEO of a funded company who did high-end presentations. And um, how should I say, the bandwidth on the internet wasn't ready to make that work. And we flamed out and didn't make it. Um, That gave birth to uh, Entre Presentations. My sister and I founded a consultancy that did high-end presentations for many big companies. And through that process, we learned how they use slides, how they organize slides, what were the components of it, what made up a slide library, what was necessary for all the people on the front end to use to be complete so that they don't waste time, so that it's compliant, that the brand's online. All those things we integrated to these high-end presentations behind us, those principles we took and built into Shuffler. And Shuffler is the product which I'm CEO of right now, and um, that is presentation management. It's about managing a slide library of all your content so that everyone out in the field can reuse and repurpose content slides instantly, easily,
0: without going through, without being a PowerPoint Mozart. Yeah, I, I can see that, man. Because I, I like, like we chatted a little bit before the the episode started, and. I've lived through that, man. It yeah. sucked. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I would just think there's, it's, and I, I'm going to go a little off, off key here. It was like a, a shit show of slides that you had to deal with because you'd have all this intellectual capital with someone spending four hours creating a perfectly crafted design. And then the rest of the sales team wouldn't know about it until six months later. And everybody is kind of customizing their slides because we sold big deals that would be over $500,000 to $20, thirty million dollars, and so obviously you got have a pretty well orchestrated slide deck with that. So how how much productivity do you see wasted on on, on people just kind of haphazardly letting their sales work just navigate through this the slide swamp as you call it, I believe.
1: Um, for example, our uh, one client, U.S. Bank, said it changed their salespeople from doing pitches like you just made from taking five hours to five minutes
0: oh I love that
1: and generally they were doing one and a half pitches a week and it gave them back six hours of their 40 hour work week so when they looked at it across the board they can look at 15% of their monthly salary is being saved because those people are now focusing on clients not doing present not creating and and curating the best slides to look perfect
0: Mm, that's awesome man and and I and as a side note, before I forget, one of the things that I had a, a touch upon with your, your previous life where you created slides, did you know there's actually a consultancy, I think it's called Draw to Win, where there's two guys that are multi-million dollar consultancy showing people how to draw stick figures? <laughs> that's a great one. I think that's excellent. Yeah. So anyway, it just made me think of it. Obviously, if... What, I, what I'm not doing it any justice, but the level of detail that I could see just in the background of the slides he has is impressive. So so I'm sorry. I totally got off topic, no, but no I, had, I had to drop my two cents in there, James. So, all right, man, let, let's get a little, I love that story about USB because like I said, I could totally visualize it and experience And We only had about 20, 30 salespeople in our organization. Still so effective I imagine, for that? yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine how that compounds if you got a hundred or 200. I mean, it's, it's got to be ridiculous. Well, it's to, um, to get a hold of this, and there's a basic from to that happens
1: here. Right now, everyone is in the linear presentation mode. I'm planning on talking to Ryan. It's at 1030 in the morning. I've got my 15 slides. We're going from one to two to three. Don't ask about slide 10. We'll get to that. I have to talk about five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Now, that might be what we're planning to talk about. If I was so smart that I knew exactly what our conversation would be tomorrow, chances are I don't need to work and do a variety of other things that I do every day. But in a presentation management environment, people aren't in their solo silos doing these flat presentations. Marketing, who has a job of making great content, making things look right, making sure it's concise and compliant and up to date, they don't make... Think about if your company had one 200-slide presentation that said everything, who you are, what you do, the founding, the maps, your first product, the, the, the results, the second product, clients, case studies in each division and each vertical and stuff like that. That'd be a perfect presentation. No one would ever sit through all of those slides. However, if I was planning on pitching you, Ryan, And I went to a library that wasn't 200 slides, but 20 10-slide presentations, where I see the history founding of the company, the bio pages, the maps, product one, our European plant, our case studies, the efficacy of the product, how it goes through. And each one of those things were 10-slide presentations. I can go into Shuffler, see this, I call it structured storytelling. There's a structure, who we are, what we do, how we do it, clients and case studies, and you go into it and, oh, I want to talk about the CEO because he went to the same university as my client did. That's a relevant slide today. I drag it in. I want to talk about our London office because this company also has. I drag it in. I want to talk about the client that's similar to them and I bring in the case study. I hit save. You can see how fast that is. It's like it's like you know going to Amazon and picking stuff on your cart. But these are slides. You put them together. You hit save. You got your presentation. Now I'm giving the presentation. In the middle of the meeting, you say, gee whiz, I didn't know you had a Chicago office. It's in my master slide library because it's part of my company, but I never knew I was going to talk about it. Since it's there, I instantly can jump out, go to the Chicago office, type in Chicago, and the compliance slide that's built by marketing about the Chicago office is now up. Now we're talking about it. You're saying, gee whiz, is there that? And Oh, there's a video attached to the office that shows the printing press. Let's play the video. I never knew I was going to be talking about this, but now I am. This is what we call the presentation following the conversation, as opposed to the presentation forcing the conversation. If you've ever been in a place where someone just talks at you and talks at you and talks at you, that's forcing the conversation. It doesn't feel good. But when I get you to open up and start asking and inquiring, now, my slides are actually supporting the conversation we're having, and they're taking a, a, a submissive role to my dominant sales effort, as opposed to the opposite way around. As such, you let the presentation actually reinforce what you're doing. The only way to do that is to have a full library of slides that's set up and available for you to pull out. Let me do an analogy for you that, that people are doing this every day, and they don't even realize it. Let's just say, Ryan, you told me, geez, James, I know you're in Florida. I'm thinking of going to Disney World with the kids. The first thought about me is I grab my phone and I think, God, I was there last week. Let me pull up a picture of me with the kids. And I turn around and I point it right at you. And you go, here's me on Space Mountain. Well, my photo album is my slide library. I didn't know I was going to be talking about Disney. But suddenly I'm connecting with you because we have the same experience and I have visuals, a slide, in this case, an image to reinforce my conversation. I might say, gee whiz, Splash Mountain was great, but go on the tunnel underneath. It's great. Here's a picture. Suddenly you're going on the tunnel underneath with your daughter or son or whomever it might be. What I'm pointing out is the concept of having a slide library with all the knowledge of your company instantly available helps everyone on the, on, on the front end get to the right information instantly during conversations so that they don't spend six eight hours a week fumbling to get slides asking betty and sue to get the last presentation so the big from two is we're going from a flat presentation and everyone working in a solo silo to an organized structured slide library which anyone can pull and reuse content at any moment that is
0: presentation management okay I love that, man. And, and at the same time, you could harness the creativity of everybody on your team, which that's is right. where a lot gets lost. Because like I was telling you, man, like I've seen people put together the most amazing storytelling slides. And I, and I don't mean like tons of text, right? It just visually represents such an impactful point yep. that the buyer is like, that's that's amazing. Or they just... It, it, Kind of like your analogy with <laughs> your your phone, which I love, man. Is it's a great way to connect at a human level. Um, however, if you take that, have it customized, um, sometimes you connect with the customer at the level of their problems That's at a really right. deep level. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm am a big proponent of that. So how how many? Let me ask you this, this: this how many presentations have you seen? You know, through Shuffler and then like just through your consultancy. If you had a guess.
1: I can't count. I know there's several hundred thousand presentations, if not several million, up on Shuffler. I haven't seen them. But I have spent 25 years going through slides and slides and slides forever and ever. I can give anecdotes of all types of sales processes and what's going on. One of the key things, and you said that, is this is storytelling. This is about telling a story, not about just giving data. And when you said someone has this most compelling story, Some people in your organization do. This is the means to share that story out to everyone out in the field so that they can tell the same story. We have a uh, belief here, and that is that every presentation is a story and every slide is a scene. And when you shuffle those scenes into new compelling stories, you will be a better, more accurate, more profitable salesperson in the long run. And that's what presentation management delivers.
0: Hello, and I appreciate you listening to the show today. I love my listeners, and I love helping my customers. One of the things that I've been able to do with some of the customers that I've been working with is, for example, a $6 million SaaS company helped them implement a seven-figure sales system in which they got a -a one-and-a-half-month ROI on the entire engagement fee that I offered them by one person spending 25% of their time. And this person wasn't even in sales. So these are core principles that helped me scale from zero to $30 million in annual recurring revenue with only four people. In addition, another client that I'm working with was able to 10X their licensing fee, their SaaS licensing fee, and they are really, really just on the early side of starting. So if you're interested in learning more, apply through www. Dot scalerevenue.io forward slash apply www.scalerevenue.io forward slash apply look forward to seeing your application if you are interested in qualify we we'll receive a follow-up note and we can jump on the phone and identify what the opportunity is exactly for you and your organization so so what have you seen you know the difference and i know you gave the one example with us bank but let's, let's talk at a, a macro level for an organization on, on other examples. So you talked about all that time you save. Can you give a couple other examples of, of tangible results that people have gotten, both from a time and increase in revenue perspective? You don't have to. I'll, if you can't give the company names, that's I'll, I'll fine. Give an, I'll
1: give an example that's kind of relevant. In the, a long time ago, I worked on NBC Olympics presentation. We made a high-end presentation for them, mixed video and numbers. To sell advertising, it's based on ratings, how many people are watching, how many people in this age group are watching that that drink coffee and eat Lay's potato chips, and that's going to relate into the amount of the purchase. Now, when you get into storytelling, that's just straight up data, but when you get into storytelling and having slides that are scenes that turn an emotional sale, you change the whole dynamic. Here's an example. The NBC salespeople for the Olympics. They could go up there and say, well, 10 million people watch gymnastics every every week and it gets replayed 22 million times and get a dollar on it. However, if I show you a video of Muhammad Ali standing there lighting the torch as he shakes with Parkinson's and the hair stands up and you know it's such a critical moment in society and life and all that, suddenly the advertisement is not going to be a $1 billion sponsorship. You might change it to $2 billion because I just convinced you emotionally how important this is. Then once you're convinced, you're going to take my logical data and start using it to reinforce your own belief because I convinced you that way. I'll take another example. We have alumni organizations at universities who go out to their different alumni to get to get donations. Uh, if someone has plenty of money, let's just say a million dollars, what's the difference between that alumni donating $10,000 or $25,000. How they feel in the meeting. I can go through a presentation and say, you know, we have a new nursing school and it's got this support and you're now a doctor and look what you can do and your money will get two new teachers or whatever it might be. That's great. Nuts and bolts. Convince me. I go for logic. Let me pull up the video of when your team won the won the Heisman Trophy and went to the football championship, and let me play the moment when you and your wife were in the in the stands at that moment, and you're in love for the first time, and you've just made a 25 year life that has been so good that you have a million dollars. You might get that twenty five thousand, mm-hmm. just because yeah. they recognize that emotional moment that was an anchor that led to everything. It's not just a 22 people watching this, buying X amount of potato chips. I can give you a number on that. But if I turn it into an emotional thing, it changes the whole dynamic of how the person is sold in and how that person resells it in their organization. And that's that's storytelling. But once you have a system like presentation management, you end up with the business intelligence to know which slides are more effective who's using what slide in front of whom who's your best salesperson what do they talk about who's your worst salesperson what do they talk about what moves people what pe- what do people spend more time on what slides do they skip over there's a lot oh, of business it goes, intelligence
0: it goes all the way down to the the time spent per slide as well as the decks right. per like or the exact makeup that each rep uses and then you could have metrics to match Do you match that up in like a CRM as well? Can you guys connect with like HubSpot and Salesforce? Yeah, 100%. All of the data comes out through APIs. So you can
1: take a presentation you gave in Shuffler and attach it to an opportunity in Salesforce so that you know the specific data of what that person looked at. They went, you can share a presentation. They can go from slide one, two, three, jump to slide nine and end. And call, ba- call you back and say, yeah, I watched the whole thing. And you can look at the data and say, yeah, you watch slide one, two, and three, and then nine and 10. And that's okay. But the real data that comes from it creates efficiencies that you never knew in a global organization. I can give another case study on that. Um, Bright House uh, Cable Company, Time Warner, and Charter all mo- all merged together. Time mm-hmm. Warner and Bright House were both clients of Shuffler. Ch- uh, Charter was not. Um and Time Warner had, had, had this process where they had several people working full time, taking the overnight Nielsen ratings and putting them into charts for all of their different shows. Each market, there's 94 markets, Rochester, Cincinnati, New York, Los Angeles, they all have different numbers. So there was a team of PowerPoint jockeys doing these numbers all the time. They were doing this for about 10 years. They implemented our system. After eight months, They started getting that business intelligence back. What they realized is that their people on the front end were selling with slides about the show, Rachel Ray, Emerald, whatever show is. But the nuts and bolts numbers became, let's just pull that down from Nielsen right now when you're purchasing it. Because that's, I know I want to buy Rachel Ray, but it's next week. Let's see what the, the actual numbers say so I can do the invoice. What they found out is, they didn't have to make as detailed presentation or or chart slides on those every single day. Then they realized they had five people working full-time for 10 years doing this and never knew that the real value occasion came from the emotional sale and then the numbers were just cranking out the invoice, what it added up to. So the slides with all that detail wasn't as relevant but they just didn't know it because they didn't have the intelligence of who said what to whom and what was being used. Think about that. Five people as a round number making five grand a month, It's 25 grand a month. That's 300 grand a year by 10 years. I can do that math and that's a lot of money. And you don't even know that it's going out that way. So those are the type of efficiencies. This is a, a new thing that people know there's inefficiencies, but no one knows how to fix it
0: shuffler allows the tool to make that happen
1: and it's a strategy it's a communication strategy
0: yeah well it's just like conversational intelligence right with excellent
1: wording (laughs) or
0: gone right so it's conversational intelligence they use verbally so this is like integrating that with visuals right Mm -hmm. so so i love where you're at and i want to go one one step deeper on this because i love i love everybody that listens to this show to have something tactical that they could walk away with. So mm-hmm. in you know the vast amount of presentations you've seen, all the storytelling, you've seen the data, what works and what doesn't over massive amounts of presentations and communications, all that. What are the top three or four things that sales reps do or sales organizations do that are the highest performing um, to emotionally storytell their, their prospects or their clients? What are, what are the top three or four things that the best of the best do kind of, kind of in, in this order,
1: they collect the best of the best presentations that are done from your, their organization. They bring them into a big pile. Then they weed through the bull BS. They weed through the duplicates. They find the best, um, the bio slide, the best slide for your, for your London organization. They bring it together and then they make that available to everyone else. Because the yeah. biggest inefficiency is everyone else in the field going, I did a great presentation last month. Why don't I just start with that? And then I copy and paste and I ask the person next to me because they had a great slide from last summer I wanted to use. And then I'm building a Frankenstein PowerPoint that doesn't have marketing oversight. If marketing collects the, the, the slides, and I'm just talking about a slide library, then when I want one as someone on the field... I have a repository to go to to find what I need, and I'm confident that it looks right because that's someone else's responsibility. Marketing has that whole responsibility, and that's the big thing. Marketing and sales is like this. Marketing wants everything to look perfect and get it out there and all the things. Sales wants that, but they'll throw away the presentation to get the deal, and rightly so. So they shouldn't be wasting a lot of time bringing it together. They should go to marketing and say, give me my best slides, and they can do it. So the first thing they do is collect up all the slides. The second thing is weed through the bullshit. And the third thing is make them available to your people out in the field. The fourth thing is actually managing it as a published library thereafter. Knowing that those slides in that area could be used by anyone on a public notion, you're now in a publishing model. It's no longer just... You know, shoot, spray and pray. I'm shooting everyone out there, like you said. Salespeople didn't get it for six months. In this in this situation, the salesperson knows where to get it. So if marketing updated it last night, there's no reason why the salesperson shouldn't have it this morning.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, so I I love that. So that's like the process side of it, Uh, and I think that that totally makes. What's the frequency you recommend for? Kind of iterating or, or looking at the data—is it monthly? Is it quarterly? What's the best kind of best practice there? It it depends on your business and your cycles,
1: financial like the quarterly components that go into it. Um, the 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 my travel clients actually do it differently depending on the area that they're in, meaning. You know, if you're if you're in the, the northeast, you're gonna have four seasons, but if you're in a hotel in, in the Yucatan, you're your summer all year round and it's all beach. So the updating for each location can be done by their local person. Therefore the publishing model works. I'll okay. give an example for a big bank, and this isn't US Bank, it's a different one. But they have six different departments: treasuries, wealth management, retail, commercial, mm-hmm. securities. And each department has several thousand people with, with all sorts of different types of regulations and compliance. Each to, each business unit has their own suck structure in a slide library. So each one has their own marketing director who makes sure their library is available to be published. What that does is someone in wealth management and suddenly has a client who wants a personal account. They can mm-hmm. quickly pull from the slide in the personal uh, commercial bank and bring up that data. They don't have to be an expert. The other thing it does is it trains people in the field because if all the slides are there and you're not an expert in some other division of your company, you can pull up the slide and say, you know, this isn't my division, but this is how it's set. And as you speak about it, you learn as much as the person who's, who's receiving it. So it actually acts as a training tool
0: as well. Okay. I, I like that. And, and so let me ask you this. So with somebody who's trying to sell emotionally, you know, and I, I know you, you brought that up and through storytelling. So what would you say are, are the people that sell the best emotionally through presentations? What do they do? They do two things. They take the beginning
1: to make an emotional point. It is generally through a big image. It's used, it might be a video, it might be something that makes the point. Um, If you were a plumber, I would have a slide of a a pipe dripping, drip, 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 drip. And I'd let it drip until you started getting a headache. I'd let it go on with, like, what's going on? What's going on? And then I would pause and say, You hear that drip? That's your cash register ringing. And then I would turn around and say, let me tell you about my products that go into it. Now, in a structured library, if that slide was in there, I can also have comments and tell you how to use that slide. The mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali video, there are statements underneath it that, that give the words to the person on the front end. Patriotic, worldly, peace, you know, everything that he represented. And if you, if the person repeats it and it's in there, you've captured that emotional moment. And, and then you lead into the other stuff. Like, like my uh, alumni analogy, I might lead off with my football team winning the championship the year that I graduated college, because that brings me back to a time that's special to me. Now that I'm there, now let's talk about the nuts and bolts, how the next generation is going to get the benefit that you got at that moment. And since you have so much money now, because of that great moment, it's time to share.
0: It's time to pay it forward. Yeah. <laughs> it's for the kids. It's for the kids. That's right. I, once <laughs> you hear it's for the kids, you know there's a problem. <laughs> we, 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 yeah, we get hit with that all the time. So, uh, But I know exactly what you're talking about because we sat through, there's a gala that we have for my kids' school every year, and they have an emotional collage of of the past year with all the, the beautiful moments of the kids doing this and doing that. And the, the parents like, ah, you know, and then, you know, next thing out, basically they're like, all right, who's gonna buy this? Who's gonna donate this, you know? That's and then right. the, the wallets are flying. So what I heard you say is you love starting off with an emotional experience yes. to kind of, that works really strong to kind of get them in that state, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you, you capture
1: a connection between it. When someone gets moved emotionally, they feel something. And when they feel something, you're, you're there with them. Think about a great movie you've watched. What's the worst thing that could happen at the end of the movie? And the worst thing is you walk out of the movie with your date and look at, look in, look in their eye and say, where are we going to eat? You (laughs) want them walking out of the movie going, Oh my God, did you just see that guy hidden behind? Think of like Friday the 13th. Jason scared the crap out of me you were moved emotionally. Somehow it made fear, it made happiness, it made joy, it made memory, whatever it might be. Once you reach that emotional level, then you've made a connection that you then can back up with stats and things like that.
0: Okay, and then, yeah, because logically is how decisions are made is, and emotion is what creates action, right? That's right. I mean, that's what I always say. Well, so how, how do you maintain that emotion then throughout the presentation and close it out strong? It's, it's about flow. If you think about a a
1: every presentation's a story, every slide's a scene. Each scene should have a specific goal. It should have an emotional goal. It should have a knowledge goal. It should have what do you want the person to understand as you advance to the next one? And if you take it through the process, I actually take great literature and the structures of like the hero story and crap like that yeah, and yeah, lay it right. over so that each slide kind of represents it. And when every slide represents a scene, you're literally making a movie as opposed to a slideshow and you want to move them at the end. So you want to bring them through that structure. I go emotional, make sure you, you, you make that connection. Then you don't tell them the facts you, you place the facts in front of them so that they calculate the value equation. Let them figure it out. When the person comes to the conclusion that it's right, You now have an emotionally sold person who has the conviction of why they're doing it and understand it. They'll be able to argue on your behalf. If that person is just regurgitating verbal vomit that they fed you on the slide, when someone questions them, they have no reason to know why they made that decision. And that's how things get sold because, quite frankly, I could do the pitch to the company, but ever my champion in the company is going to stand up in front of the executives and go, we need this because... And if they don't have the conviction and understanding, it's very hard for them to resell it.
0: Yeah, I love that, man. Awesome. Well, we're, we're up on time. So where can people find you? Where can they find out more about Shuffler? Um, can you just share with our listeners what, what the best ways to connect with you or, or learn more? Go to Shuffler.com,
1: S-H-U-F-F-L-R-R.com. We have a free site. You can start with presentation management right off the bat. And uh, we've just released a wizard that helps this collection of files and weeding through the BS so that you can get your library quicker and easily and be more effective. Shuffler.com. And give us a call. We'll answer anything. We're human. We answer.
0: Love, <laughs> love that, man. Well, hey, it was awesome having you on. I love the the emotional storytelling component. Gave me a, a few different unique perspectives that I really didn't have before. So uh, loved it, man. Appreciate spending the time with you. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for spending the time with me today. I know that time is one of the most valuable resources. So I truly honor and appreciate you coming along this journey with me. One of the things that I want to ask you is if you really, truly enjoyed this and know someone that this can make an impact on. Please share this episode with them. If you're on a journey for financial and lifestyle freedom, it is always exponentially better if we're building a tribe with like-minded people who are on the same journey. In addition, I have an amazing PDF for you that could be career-changing in terms of the content. Essentially what it is are the top 10 questions that every big customer is asking behind closed doors that no one is telling you about. I'll put a link for it in the show notes. So check it out. It's my free gift for you for being a part of this launch and being a part of this journey with me. And I hope to see you soon.